welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 170. Last week's show, I think it's fair to say, was quite an epic one, and thanks again very much to uh, to Nigel and Ken for giving up their Sunday evening uh, for us uh, to come and give us some fantastic insight. We're really grateful uh, actually, to have such open, honest, and engaging people um, at the helm of our football club, so uh, a mass mass transformation from what we've had uh, previously. So we hope this show isn't too much of a disappointment because it's just us this week. We're going to be <laughs> reviewing the week that was. There's a what we thought was going to be quite a quiet week turned out to be quite mm. a busy week. I think it's fair to say, uh, with comings and goings. Um, there's the football transfer window that shut closed, but. We're obviously outside of that, it doesn't really matter. We've got the FA Trophy game that happened yesterday, plus all the usual news and views. So, as always, we start off with our friends over at the Supporters Club. Yeah, so not one, not two, but three trips to tell about. And first up are the three coaches to Hartlepool, courtesy of Dream Team, on Saturday, the 9th of February. The Supporters Club are still taking your bookings, and these are absolutely free. So if you're free next Saturday, get your name down, go up to Hartlepool, it's all free. Free as in zero cost to you. You just have yeah. to buy your match ticket. Absolutely. What a what great a gesture. Bargain. What bargain. a great gesture. Bargain. Secondly, Saturday, 2nd of March, she's just travelled to Haven and Waterlooville. This one kicks off at 3pm. Departure time for this one is 10am in the morning. Adults will cost £23 and concessions £20. And last but not least, Tuesday, 5th of March, we make the long journey to Barrow. And the departure time for this one is half past 11 in the morning. And the match kicks off at 7.45. And adult fares cost £36 for this one. And concessions £33. So a long way, isn't it? It is. And on a Tuesday, that's for the hardcore. That is, yeah. That is for the shift workers and the and the ardent fan. Yeah, so all of those will cost you an additional £3 if you aren't a member of the supporters club. So if you're not, you know, only... I think it's free to sign up, isn't it? So... No, it's not. No, it's, it's a bit not more free to sign club, up. Yeah. So get yourself signed up. Under 15 to control it's not a lot, half though. price. It's a good bargain. Yeah, it's about 35 quid, I think, for three, three years. Yeah. Something like that. And you must, if you're under 15, travel with an adult. And as Paul said, those prices do not include your matchday ticket. There's two ways to book any of those trips. You can book uh, by visiting the supporters club on a match day, pre or post match, or by calling the travel line on 07722135970. We mentioned it last week. We'll mention it again this week. The date for the next quiz at the supporters club is Sunday, the 14th of April. The quiz starts at 6 p.m. Prices are £8 a head. You can have a maximum of eight people on your team. Included in that, there'll be some food. There's a raffle on the night as well. Uh, if you want to enter a team, you can contact Lee Deering on Twitter at Gorillas1985 or you can email Lee at lmd85 at hotmail.co.uk or again, support club on a match day, pre or post match and ask for Lee or Simon and get your general knowledge skills out there for the wider yeah. Orient uh, supporters to see. Yep, absolutely. Quite a big update there. So moving on then to the Leighton Orient Trust. So on Thursday, they held a Premier League Primary Stars Football Festival at the Score Centre for 70 girls in Year 5 from eight local schools. The tournament was won by the team from Snaresbrook Primary School who beat Churchfield's Junior School on penalties 4-2. What, what was, how old is Year 5? Seven? Uh, it's, la- it's the second last year from Juniors. Fine, so about nine. nine ten. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, Man vs. Fats uh, season six winners were Midnight Feast. That's quite an 
Very good Quite name. an apt name for a Very man good. versus fat team. Uh, they paraded their trophy at half-time at the Maidstone game last week. The team of nine players lost a total of over 50 kilograms during the 14-week wow. season. That is My God, going. that's like an eight-stone person. <laughs> Blimey. Well done to those people, though. Andrew, who also joined the parade, lost an impressive 32.6 kilos in 14, 14 weeks. I don't, I'm not even going to try doing the math on that one. That sounds like an awful lot of kilograms. He lost 32.6 kilos. What is that? In what? Stone? Yeah. About five and a half stone. Well played, Andrew. Well that's played, just Andrew. over five stone. Good man. Top man, Andrew. Jesus, that's like a small person. And indeed, that is a new record. Oh, a new record for the <laughs> Orient Man versus Fat Football. I mean, that's some going. Well played. Well played, bud. So it just goes to show you if you ever thought that, well, it's not for me, oh, well, I'm not really, you know, Get involved if you're. Uh, I think you've got to be over fifty and looking to lose a little bit of weight. That is exactly the type of thing that you that that, that can help you. So yeah. if you are interested in this weight loss program, which involves playing six aside football once a week, more information can be found at www.manvfatfootball.org forward slash Leighton Orient. Yes, and get yourself fit and healthy. That's a great update there from the trust. And to finish yeah. off, Carol Langley, flower designer, offering. Orient Outlook followers on Twitter and our business 10% off any order which is very very handy with Valentine's Day coming up just around the corner uh, so Carol Langley Flores can be found at 33 Station Road Chinkford London E4 7BJ or on 0208 529 4130 or online at www.carolangley.co.uk or you can DM at biz on Twitter get your 10% off uh, when you have a half is a light review on the morning of 14th of February so look you know, I paid full work for these these are, these are great because if they don't listen to the podcast you're going to be quizzing yeah Happy absolutely days. yeah absolutely and although it's not till the following week and we'll remind you again next week you're better off getting your orders in nice and early there thanks John uh, so Coulson <laughs> Monday the 28th of January a very very big happy birthday to O's defender Josh Coulson and yeah. not a forehead joke in sight from us I was about to say something but I refrain you can if you want no no we like Josh so Josh happy birthday happy 30s welcome to the 30s absolutely they'll be over far too quickly Tuesday, Tuesday it, yeah. 29th of January the club announced that Josh Caroma is likely to miss the next three to four weeks with a grade two hamstring injury so obviously from us all on Outlook Podcast Towers we wish Josh a speedy recovery and look forward to him returning for the end of the season running so it could have been worse so even though it's a big blow at least we get him back mm. you know in time for hopefully. the business end of the season hopefully um, and I guess the obvious question as a podcast we like to talk about things is who will take Josh's place at the moment you know Harold and Allaby and I'm sure we'll come on to after the Blythe game have failed to impress I think it's fair to say possibly JMD could play up front possibly you could play one up front although I think Justin would be reluctant to do it or does Justin dip into the transfer stroke loan market this week and make a signing big questions I'm not sure if Justin knows the answer yet. It's a good question. I mean, one name that hasn't been mentioned is Raul Satoriu. Do you yeah. give the young lad a go? Um, given that we are at the business end of the season, it's probably too much of a pressured environment for him to to come into. But then I guess if he's going to cut his metal wet, what better time to do it? Yeah. I think it's fair to say any player 
will need a run in the team. So it's a good opportunity for whoever gets the the the, the nod to actually impress. But I have to say, and we'll come on to it in a moment, we're not hearing much about Harold and Allaby in the games that we've played so far. So does it mean that it's just that they just haven't been impressive enough to do anything that's worth mentioning? I mean, are they working? I'm sure they're working hard. So I'm not going to question that. That would be uh, unfair. But is it just not coming off for them? Are we not playing to their strengths? Do we need to check? Is it all because it's around Macca? Well, Allaby's not even been in the last couple of league squads. No. He's not even been in the, On the, the bench. The 16. And Harold has. So you would probably say at the <clears> moment it's Harold. <throat> but is Harold going to get you vital goals or pull something out of the bag like Josh has? Probably not. Mm. With no disrespect to Howard, he's a different type of striker. So big questions for uh, Justin and Ross, and we'll see what happens this week. But whatever happens, Josh, and we're going to come on to Josh a bit more later mm. in the programme, be a big miss for us. Martin has said, though, that they are looking to, as he says, fetch another player in. Yeah, and as a... Um, I would imagine that would be a striker. Um, I would imagine that Steve Foster, Martin and Justin have looked at a list, presented a list, and you know, seeing who's around now. I know Jay Simpson's been watching. It's been talked about by a lot of people. You know, we've said on here that Jay is more interested at this moment in time about getting a league club, whether there's a suitable league club for him because he's based in Loughton. He isn't going to want to go and sign for a club in, say, Sheffield, for example, or Manchester because his family are here, or Plymouth, for example. Um, so it's about you know a, a Southend, a Millwall, a Gillingham, a Luton, a Northampton. You know, these are all journeys that he's going to have to make each way. Um, so again, if none of them are prepared to put out a suitable contract, offer him the game time that he might be looking for, do we give him two or three months just to cover while Josh is off? And yeah. It might work for him to put himself in the shop window for get match sharpness again for the summer. Jade's an interesting one. I think he's out contracts. He's a free agent, so Jay Jay can anyway. sit back and he can wait for clubs to panic. Say, you know, any club can lose a forward in a match due to an injury or suspension. Jay can sit there, go right, I'm taking my time, let the offers roll in, and they mm. will start to roll in. Mm. And you know, whatever Jay does in the future, we wish him luck. And if he ends up in an orange shirt, that would be fantastic. And if he doesn't, we go well, wasn't to be. Yeah, I guess we'll see loads. I don't of think it will be. I think I think to be. I don't think Jay will wear an orange shirt this season. Um, so again I guess it's the question of who who is out there potentially for yeah. us to get I guess it will be someone that's fallen down the pecking order at a league club probably a league one club yeah so we can I'd still say. loan we can still loan players we can still, loan players. We can still sign league. players from the football league we can still pay, pay money for example and sign them likewise that club can release that player pay his contract up and we can sign him yeah. that way it's, you know we're not under any form of restraint we'll see what happens but yeah lots of lots of dilemma lots of possibilities yeah it'd be interesting to see who we line up yeah. with on Saturday wait to yeah. the heart level so LOFC 1978 got the tweets rolling that's a huge huge blow could really damage our hopes of staying top Alibi or Harold really need to step up now so Alibi's on a two year contract this is one year one of two Harold's in year two of two well, it was 18 months, wasn't it? And so he's in runs out in the summer, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, at Paul Skinner 88 said, I do have I do have to agree with most now. We need another striker in, as I don't believe Harold or Alibi are enough. I hope Simpson will consider helping out, but if not, we do need to look for someone quickly. Ron Sampson, 15, mentioned Satoya, who we'd spoken about before. He says, yeah. I'd like to see Rolf get some decent game time. He's a better <clears throat> option than Alibi, in my opinion. I haven't seen much of Rolf, have you? 
little bits here and there. Obviously, we'll come on to Wellie, but um, he lined up there. Got a bit Everyone of game speaks time highly of him, don't they? Ross yeah. speaks highly of him. Yeah. So, LDP King says panic button pressed. We don't need to worry. At James Alabi will save our season. Over to you, my man. Big heart. Hashtag goals. Like it. Like it. So those were all tweets that came in to that Orient Outlook. And if we haven't ma- ma- uh, mentioned yours, don't worry. We'd probably be mentioning a tweet from you later on in the podcast. So in the evening, the over in action in the quarterfinals of the London Senior Cup and lined up as follows. So Janata in goal. Judd, Hall, the famous trialist, comes back into the team. A trialist. Yeah, Sweeney, Lawless, Gorman, Shabani, Brophy, Satoyu, and Alabin on the bench. We had Byrne, McLennan, <coughs> Hammond, <coughs> Mulqueen. Yeah, absolutely. XO youth player Montel Adjaman was in the starting lineup for Welling, and I was That's really far. surprised to see such a such a young team and a lack of first team players. Um, but also pleased to see the return of a trialist <laughs> that we haven't seen since pre-season. Another one for the injury list. So, question for me though: Why wasn't Sergeant starting, and is he injured? Danny Webb answers that in his post-match yeah. for today's uh, for injury, today's right? game. So, no back injury. Oh, back injury. Saw back. So they didn't want to chance it as our number two in case he wasn't available yeah. for a league game. So, fair enough. But I didn't know that at the time. Question answered, and the A trialist wasn't really called A trialist. Actually, turned out it's to got be a proper name. George Forrest. Um, I think he's played a bit of football. Romford FC. Romford FC. Yeah, semi pro. Yeah. So, match kicked off, and at half time, it was one. It was Jack Barham striking in the twenty sixth minute, gave Welling the lead, and Welling doubled their lead in the seventy fourth minute. As our dream of doing the trouble fades away with a consolation goal, courtesy of Young Rossitori in the eightieth minute, but we went on to lose the game with no further goals. 2-1, so the treble no longer on the table. No. But the double is still very much... You can still get silverware on. this season. Yeah, we have a f- very good chance of that. And I think, although I wasn't there, I'm quite disappointed that given that we had Judd and Lawless, Allaby, Gorman, Brophy, so that's five first-team yeah. players starting that we didn't do better yeah. in terms of scoreline... Maybe we're just unlucky. Can't really call it. I've not seen anything back. But, you know, you just take it on the fact that they've scored two goals, we've only scored one. And you've got five first-choice players with a decent... Like, Royal is a good player. Arthur Janata is a good player. You've also got in that lineup other players that are able to... Uh, you know, Shabani's uh, good. And this is no pressure on them. And so, you know, so we're not just thrown like a bunch of players together that we've just picked out the car park. Yeah. These are cultured players and good players. And I'm just a bit disappointed that we, I mean, obviously everybody would be uh, disappointed. I'm not trying to say that I'm more disappointed than someone else. But, you know, we had a glut of young talent out there mixed in with the experience. experience. Yeah. And I think the experience didn't step up and help. Or maybe they did and it just wasn't our day. I don't know, but I just find it a bit hard to take. Good point. Well made. So like we said, the treble is no more. The London Senior Cup isn't for us, hopefully. Um, we aren't in it again. <laughs> Rubbish Cup didn't want to win it anyway. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so, but the double <clears throat> still very much on at this point in time. So moving on in to yeah. Wednesday, the 30th of January. And it was a quiet day at the club with no news to talk about as transfer deadline day was on its way for the Football League. Transfer deadline day eve. Yes, moving on then to Thursday the 31st of January and a very happy, and I missed it, 33rd birthday to young George Ellicoli. Yeah, so George, well done, Big George. Big George uh, will feature again very shortly uh, in the podcast. So yes. in the afternoon, our very own Josh Caroma was at the heart of some transfer talk as multiple <laughs> national outlets, uh, Independent, Daily Mirror, it was pretty 
pretty much spread like wildflower, wildfire, wildflower. Reported yeah. that uh, Sunderland had made a bid of three hundred k for Josh, that had been swiftly rejected by the club. For me, just goes to show you what a fantastic six months Josh Roma has had. What a turnaround! He wasn't even in the first team this time six months ago. I mean, when we the season starting, we'll go and get Alibi, Bon are your first two. We're not even talking about Josh. So he obviously had a great pre-season, a great six months. And well done to the club for rejecting the offer. There won't be many National League clubs rejecting 300k, which is an awful lot of money um, to have. So well done to the club there. Well done to Josh. But interestingly, Martin Ling in a video for the club uh, said that we've received offers for players in his video and not a player. So there's probably been more offers to the club that they might not have made public. But we've managed to hold on to your big guns like Eliko, like your Egg Potato, your Bond, your Karoma. Everyone's still there. We haven't lost anyone. So I think you've got to say, from a retaining players' point of view, January's been pretty decent. Yeah. Because had it been under previous ownership, I think we would have seen a few of those oh, players leave God. the club. But I, I no, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, we know the club refused a six-figure sum and how strong does that make us and also what message does that send to the rest of the football world that Leighton Orient number one are not a selling club and B we are looking to you know, powerfully say that we are not letting our best players go for any amount of money because our job here is not yet done and um, Danny Webb said that in his post-match which you'll come to later that he wasn't aware of any other offers for any other players oh, Interesting. so there's a bit of a conflict yeah, of, yeah. but then why maybe Danny wouldn't know and Martin yeah, would so yeah. maybe that information hadn't uh, cascaded down no um, disrespect to Josh Caroma because he's been fantastic but Sunderland aren't a club who are struggling in the league they're like league one they went near the top Grig. for four million quid and they're looking at Caroma so fantastic fantastic there for Josh so some big clubs looking at some of our players mm-hmm. really really impressive there so I had something else to say, but I completely forgot it now. So um, cool. yeah, we'll move on then. So at yeah. seven forty-five, the club announced that uh, birthday boy George Elakobi had left the club by mutual consent, and in a short statement, thanked George for his efforts and wished him every success for the future. And finished by saying George will be welcome back at the Bray Group Stadium at any time. So I don't think it comes as much of a surprise to anyone. Uh, that this has happened and, and George good luck uh, you probably don't even listen so this is probably a bit of a waste of time but all the best to you and your family yeah agree no surprise the best solution for all parties George can go and find another club he's off our wage bill which is I think quite he'd have been paid up but yeah but he would have been on a decent wage I think and obviously that frees up hopefully a wage to bring somebody else in if Link looking at his budget and going right I've got so and so to spend he can take I presume he can say Paul Elikobi, he's saving on Elikobi. But there isn't, is there? to another player. Because that budget's been paid out to him. Dep- well, I don't know the ins and outs, but it depends how much money George has got to yeah. leave the club. So, makes sense. Only, 20, only 28 appearances, though, in a year and a half, probably tells its own story. Yeah. Injury played towards the end of his career. Always played with heart. Fans favourite. I did love the lap of honours that he did after full time when everyone else had gone in and he's like parading like yeah. he's got like a hat trick in one year of the game yeah. and he's a character and he'll probably be missed in the dressing room and for the younger players but makes sense and we wish him all the best from Orient Outlook podcast hours yeah absolutely um, Paul Skinner 88 tweeted in he said now that's how you write a goodbye not like Cox's exit regardless of what went on he did an okay job and came in during an hour of need thanks George best of luck for the future and hope you come back for a promotion party yeah. that's, a, that's a good point yeah 
And then on Friday the 1st of February? Yeah, George Alicobi himself tweeted a nice farewell message to O's fans saying, I would like to thank everyone at Leighton Orient FC for accepting me into your football club with such warm reception every time I represented this great club. I wish the club success and to the O's fans, you're special and I appreciate you. Thank you. And of course he had to end on the hashtag shop. shop. And I thought that was really nice of him to say. He didn't have to say anything, obviously. It's not worked out very well, but the club put out a nice statement and fair play to George for following it up and hopefully we'll see him again one day at the Brave Group Stadium and all we, smiles and we're celebrating promotion. I know we won't ever, but I would still love to know what was said and what happened and how that all went down. Joe, I love I think it'd be really interesting to get back on the pod. Obviously we had him on in the pre season that he signed. I think he'd be he'd be great to talk about his experience at the club. I'd probably signed an NDA, that's not gonna happen. No, but good character and good to see what he came into at the time because mm. he was one of the first along with Mooney right. to rebuild the club. Yep. And I think if you get someone like him that. in the door, others will follow. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. So later in the afternoon, the club announced that Shadrach Oji had finally been able to sign a contract with us, having received international clearance. You may remember that he started with us last season. Uh, sorry, at the beginning of this season, uh, he was trading with us, but we couldn't announce it uh, because we were waiting for international clearance. Um, he is, I think, Irish. Northern Irish. And so we were waiting for an international transfer to be uh, ratified by both the FA and the Northern Irish FA. He signed a contract that runs until June 2020. So welcome, Shadrach. Finally, officially, from us as fans, welcome to the club. We've heard great things about you. Uh, really looking forward to seeing you uh, in an O shirt. Yeah, I mean, Steve Foss has been on the podcast, has raved about him, I think, yeah. twice on both times Steve has been on. And when we asked Danny Webb who would be in his boy band, he Shad- did say Shadrach, he said... He's a cool guy, and if Danny Webb thinks he's cool, then he, he is must cool. Be cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Shadrach, look forward to seeing you in an orange shirt. But to be fair, star man. we've already seen him in the orange shirt because he makes an appearance in the game we're about to talk about. He does. He does indeed. So moving on then to Saturday, the second of February, there was no under 18s action because half of them played on Tuesday and half the other half are playing on. Uh, uh, on the game we're about to mention, uh, which is the main event, Blythe Spartans, the Richard McFadden derby, as it was dubbed, um, at home uh, in the third round of the FA Trophy. Yeah, team announced at 2pm as normal with Dean Brill in goal, back four, Judd, Happy, Turley and Sweeney, midfield, JMD, Gorman, Lawless and Brophy, and up top, Alibi and Harold, and on the bench, Sam Sargent, Ling, Ogie, Shivani, and Mr. Raw Satori. Yes, that meant seven changes for Orient as Joe Widdison, JB McEnough, Charlie Lee, Craig Clay and Josh Karoma as well as McCauley Bond were not even in the squad. Ling takes a seat on the bench while Judd, Sweeney, Lawless, Gorman, Brophy, Harold and Allaby all get a start as youngsters Brendan Shabani and Shadrach Oji are also named on the bench for the first time. Your views? Yeah, strong team. and uh, should be decent enough to win the game. Obviously written this at 2pm. I thought you may have got the nod to start following his goal on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but a big, big chances for Allaby and Gorman in particular to get themselves back into Justin's plan because they haven't been in the league squad for the last couple of games. Uh, and excited to see Shabani uh, and Ogie should they be able to get on the pitch. I obviously thought Ogie might get on following the news yesterday but Shabani came as somewhat of a surprise. So great to see another Orient Youth product get into the squad. Yeah, I agree with you. A team on paper who certainly uh, should comfortably win this game. I thought Sargent would have started this game too. Um, I thought the young, I like the young bench as well. Like you say, with Shadrach and, and Brendan, yeah. um, it, it's good. Yeah, it, you know the future of our of our uh, I say academy players as they are now uh, is is very very good. And we seem to have this little conveyor belt recently. We've upped the talent level. 
Um, and there's there's players coming through. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the Jars. I know Ling went to Dagenham, but has come back and um, and Josh Karoma uh, and Janata. Very very pleasing to see. So lots of tweets came into Orient Outlook before the match as the squad was announced that PM three one nine seven zero is as decent as can be as expected, and we are resting the correct players. Dan Alton two five nine zero said after Tuesday night I wouldn't have even considered Lawless or Alibi for selection. Yeah, at Jerome Norman so it's good to see Bond not in the squad. I don't think I'd ever say that as we can't risk him getting injured as well. I mean these games are a bit like damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you put out a full strength squad and you Bond breaks his arm or something he rules out for the season that's why did you pick him and if you go out you're like why didn't you pick Bob hard games to, to get right yeah but I think once you make your decision and you stick to oh, it absolutely. I think that's, that is the right decision uh, as Marcus Maynard says it looks like a sensible selection good chance for squad players to have a run out and hopefully in Alabi and Lawless's case exercise exercise Tuesday night I mean it just goes to show you that straight they, back on know, the pitch yeah just get, and just run off that that performance and put in a good yeah. one yeah at Billy Herring 03 so sensible although I would have started Sergeant 2 hashtag pray for Brill and I think obviously I mentioned Justin and McEnough last week I think Justin will always play 70% McEnough over an 80-90% other player I always feel like Dean Brill is going to start every Orient game regardless of Sam Sargent's fit or not I just think Brill's been so good this season and he's so reliable and he commands his defence I, I think that Especially if Sar- young. I think if Sargent was fit anyway I think Dean Brill starts which mm-hmm. isn't a hindrance on Sam Sargent it's just to me highlight how important Justin thinks Dean Brill is yeah no but, it, but by that same token it is a hindrance on Sam because he's never going to get ahead of yeah. Dean um, but I think when you've got a young back four or a back four that maybe needs some an experienced voice shouting at them from from behind. I think that's that's probably going to be quite helpful. You know, yeah. no Josh Coulson. All right, Marv is young, but arguably is very good, um, and uh, obviously no George Alakobi anymore. But Jamie Turley is still there, so you know, I guess that's probably the thought uh, process behind it. So uh, we did something we haven't done before. And we handed the Orient Outlook Twitter account over to our friend Chris Kane, who very kindly volunteered to update our followers uh, on Twitter. Uh, on the map. So well done, Chris. I think you did an absolutely brilliant job. So thank you very much indeed uh, for doing that. And uh, Orient got the game underway on a cold day at Brisbane Road against a Blythe Spartans team looking to cause an upset. And I saw lots of pictures. Uh, they they guy that had come in club. an actual Spartan type warrior outfit. Yeah. You know, they came in good voice and good spirits, and it just seemed to be like a really good coming together big of game. two two good clubs. But yeah, yeah, biggest game of the season. You know, coming away to a big club in the National League, top in the table. They're only one league below us, which I didn't realise, but until you look into it, and they're doing, you know, they're they're looking to pump, pump, uh, jump up. So down to the big smoke, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So um, both teams were looking to progress, obviously, to the to the quarterfinals. Um, and in the third minute, there's an early effort for the O's as Jordan Maguire drew hits one from distance, but the Blythe keeper uh, made a save quite easy. And it just opened up quite nicely for him. Good from, run. From what we've seen. Yeah, Good he did run. well there. Just inside the half. I like that. Drove in. Shoot on sight. Drove in, yeah. George Sessions tweeted in the fourth minute. Poor back pass by Lawless. Puts Dean Brew in trouble, but he slides in ahead of Daniel Maguire. Yeah, seven minutes on the clock now. Excellent play by Spartan. Sees Daniel Maguire again. Let fly, but his effort got deflected over. Yeah, 13th minute, starting to grow into the game, following some early pressure from the visitors. Swinney and Judd attacking well, and a corner to the O's, which comes to nothing after the referee sees some pushing in the box and a promising start. So these, some of these, and most of these are Chris Kane's tweets that we're taking uh, from the game. So... Yeah, Chris, some like Paul said, superb work. 
Yeah, and some are from our friend George Sessions. So, George, thank you very much. Uh, 25 minutes in on the clock. Another opportunity from distance for Maguire, Drew, but this time straight at the keeper. Yeah, I thought it was a good save there by their keeper. And then a good tweet in the 25th minute from George. So there's a good battle between Happy and Dow. The Blythe captain tackles the O's defender and runs into the area. But the Orient number 15 slides in to put it out for a corner. And I must say, Dan Happy, when he's come in this season, has been very, very... He reads the game really well, doesn't he? Very strong for such a young player. And like I think Ross or Steve or Danny said, a left-sided central defender, they're hard to come by. We have a really good young prospect on our hands. Yeah, yeah. Next seven-figure uh, transfer for me. 32 minutes on the clock. There's a few minutes of pressure from the O's. Uh, seeing JMD having a shot saved and then Dale Gorman's resulting shot going over the bar. Yeah, and in the 35th minute, we've not seen this one back yet. This seems to be the best chance of the first half and what people were saying great chance for James Allaby as JMD free kick finds Allaby six yards out free header from James and he heads wide lots of questions being asked there should Allaby have done much better most who saw it seem to think so obviously we've not seen it here Our and Outlook podcast hours <coughs> but we should really be talking about Allaby breaking his scoring duck and he was taking the lead there from what we hear yeah, if he's six yards out, that should at least be on target, making the keeper work at worst. Bread and butter. Shouldn't be missing. I know it's easy for me to say I couldn't hit a, a barn door, but as a professional footballer, you know, for me... It's just not going in for Alibi at the moment at all, It just is isn't. It? But I think when it's, when he just gets one, it's just going to be like, so. he'll get loads. It just needs a confidence booster. One or two in a game and he'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, one minute of added time is played out and we go in nil-nil at the break with Chris noting that the O's have had the better chances... Uh, Spartans are starting to tire, so half-time couldn't have come at a better moment for them. Yeah, attendance announced at 1,842 with 249 Bly fans yeah, making the journey. Point. You've got to say, well done, Brown Moore. It's a long journey. To They're just the other side of Newcastle. It's a long journey. More fans. For a non-league club. More fans than Salford, yeah. who are challenging for promotion. One fan uh, yeah. tweeted the club. He woke up late. I don't know who this guy was. Woke up late. Forgot his train ticket, went to the station, forked out 160 quid for a new ticket Shut to make up. his way down to eat his receipt. Well played to that young man who's never going to listen to the podcast. That shows you the commitment. Some and of that will fans. teach you for sleeping in and forgetting your train ticket. Absolutely. So Blythe Silly. got the second half underway and Orient made no subs as the that second half kicked off. commitment, isn't it? 160 notes. 160 mate. notes. You could go to anywhere in Europe and back for less than that. I wouldn't say anywhere. Some yeah, places. you could. On, on Ryanair or EasyJet, of course you can. 49 <laughs> minutes on the clock, then James Alabi forced the corner, which came to nothing. Yeah, 50th minute, and Orient substitution is Jaden Sweeney, again, done quite well, goes off, and on comes Shadrach Ogi for his Orient debut. Turns out Jaden was injured. So, oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we wish, well, we hope that that's nothing serious. 58 minutes on the clock, Blythe have a free kick following a foul by Jamie Turley, who is booked for his troubles, and the free kick dipped over the wall. Dean Brill made a smart save down low to his near post. It's nil-nil still, but neither side look like scoring. Very good save by Brill. It's not really had much to do in the first hour or so. Has to be alert, gets down well because that was creeping in. So well done there to Mr. Dean Brill. 63rd minute, a decent opening uh, for the O's as Dale Gorman finds James Brave in a good position, but his cross is saved. And then back come Blythe, who force a corner. As Blythe now starting to grow in confidence, nil-nil. They've held out the game for a while and starting to look confident. And in the 71st minute, again, Dale Gorman finds James Brophy, but his effort takes a looping deflection. Keeper just stood there like he was beaten, like it might be dipping in, but the ball went wide for a corner, which came to nothing. And 
one minute later, Justin decided to see enough from Alibi. Wasn't to be his day as Raw Satoru came on for Alibi. So you could argue now um, that Alibi has had two matches against teams much lower down in the picking order. Yeah. In the football, well, in the National League. Yeah. In terms of life and winning. And he's done nothing, nothing. really. He's not impressed enough. And I'm not suggesting that he's not worked hard because he probably has. Just not so happened. So what's not ha- So why, yeah. Just not happened. We're talking about JMD cutting in and having his shots. We're not talking about Harold having a shot or a header saved or a from a corner. That, Interesting. That, that, there's nothing. I mean, yeah. I don't know how, how much you read into it, how critical you get about it. I mean, 79 minutes on the clock. Then Kieran Green, uh, Blythe uh, Spartan player, tries a speculative effort as he attempted to lob Dean Brill from inside his own half as Blythe were launching a counter-attack. But the effort is wide. And in the 80th, that was actually a good effort. I've seen that one. It was, that was, it was a good nowhere effort. nowhere near... No, Got to go yeah, for yeah. glory, haven't you? Mate, I tried um, it. I tried to play with a legend and it trickled to the corner flag from about 20 <laughs> yards out. So yeah, fair play to that man. <laughs> In the 80th minute though, James Brophy has a shot deflected over the bar as we enter the final 10 minutes. And then the 83rd minute, finally, the goal came to break the deadlock and potentially avoid a long replay on Tuesday as Dal Gorman put in an excellent free kick and Jamie Turley got above his man, headed it hard and low into the bottom corner and it was 1-0 to the Orient and I'd say it's probably the first real bit of quality in the game great delivery from Gorman and Turley watching the ball attacks it beats his man he just wants it more than his man gets there good header and 1-0 we mentioned Turley being an attacking threat as well last week on the pod this week I think what in his third appearance gets his first Orient goal so well yeah. done to Mr Turley Absolutely. great header Great header. It was a very good header, good solid header. Chris noted that with five minutes to go, it looks like Spartans are going route one. Long balls up to the forwards, but the O's defence are dealing with the initial threat. In the 89th minute, Chris tweeted, what a save by Brillo. Kicked off the line by the O's keeper after ping-pong in the box. Won the Orient and clinging on. So yeah, the ball came in from the left-hand side. Everyone missed it and it was coming out to their man who you knew was going to shoot. And you're thinking, oh no... But a great save uh, by Brill, who basically got his foot there too. I'm not sure if it hit the post and then went out, or it hit the post and then hit Brill. But a fantastic save by Brill, who's essentially saved mm. us from having to go to a replay. But and then in the follow-up, Turley also throws his body at the ball from the rebound and makes a superb block as well. It's a great defending, great keeping. At that point, you're thinking, we're probably going to see this out now. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. then comes the 90th minute. And it's the final sub for him as Sam Ling comes on for JMD as four minutes of time are added and are played out as the O's hold on for a 1-0 win against the resilient Blythe Spartans. And it's on to the quarterfinals of the FA Trophy. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to be there. Um, but uh, at Dulcet Dave, uh, Dave Victor, the voice of Ozone Commentary, uh, was he spoke to uh, Danny Webb. Not quite sure why Justin uh, wasn't there. Maybe he's just sort of handed the reins yeah. over to Danny for that one. So that's great. Um, and here is Danny Webb from yesterday's game. Danny, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. It's a good result. Yes, good result. I think... Uh... It wasn't a fantastic game or an amazing performance, but Anna just made the point in there. It's a cup competition and I think we're only sort of two games from Wembley now. So uh, you'd rather that every week winning and not playing particularly well. So uh, we'll take the result. Jamie Telly's made a real impact, hasn't he? Yes, very much so. I think uh, I played with him years ago and he's he surprised me really how sort of vocal he is now. He's like a, a real man, which he is. He's a lot older than he was then. Uh, leads, you know, leads from example... Uh, and at 0-0 when you sort of want those experienced players to come and try and get something out of the game for you they pop up and 
dominate the box and, and get the winning goal. So he's done ever so well. I suppose an opportunity for some of the fringe players to impress, did they? Uh, I think I think what, what's hard is that if you don't play every week, sometimes it's hard to suddenly go on and, and sort of and turn it on, so to speak. I think all you can ask of those fringe players is when they do get a chance, is they just give it their best. Uh, and I thought they did today. I thought they did give it their best. Was the performance absolutely spotless? No, but then you could go about every week. It's never spotless. And they got a result against a team. Let's not forget, they're only a, a league below us. You know, it's sad. A few years ago, that wouldn't have been thought the case, but it is. And uh, they're going for promotion and they're looking to get in the same league as next year if we don't go up. So it was a tough game. Uh, and I think that those fringe players coming out they certainly gave it their all. And I suppose with an injury to Josh Caroma, it was important that either James Alabi or Matt Howell impressed today. Yes, I think, as I say, it's hard. <laughs> all the best intentions, not everyone's going to go out there and have a, a 10 out of 10 performance, but I thought they both they both gave it a right go. I thought Rell come on and looked ever so sharp. And, as, you know, you, you want to look to, to get players ready to fill in, but you also want to progress. You know, it, 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 much as big changes, a lot of players played in that London Cup game the other night. It's not a reserve game, it's not a friendly. And uh, we believe those players can go out and win us the game, which they did. And talking about Josh Caroma, it was a real statement of intent that the club turned down a bit, we understand, of in excess of £300,000 from Sunderland for the young striker. Yeah, I think uh, the position we're in, you want to sort of keep hold of your best players. Uh, to be fair to Josh, even when those sort of rumours start false or, or sort of true throughout the season, he's kept his head. Same with the other younger players who people obviously talk about on social media, or whatever. And, and as coaches, that's all you look for for the, those players not to get big time or get carried away and, and stay grounded. And they've certainly done that. So it's a compliment to them and to the club that uh, that, that interest is there. But also we, we're looking to get out of this league. Was there a bid for another player? Uh, not that I know of. No. But it, as I say, it just shows you how sort of ambitious the club are. We're still looking to sign somebody. We know that Jay Simpson is still training. Any news there? No, he's training us for a few weeks now. Looks sharp, done it right. Obviously, those conversations are between between Martin Ling and Jay himself. But he's, he's carried himself well. I know that he's, he's very popular here as, as a player. Uh, but I think you've got to look at the lads we've got here already at, at this time. And uh, it was nice for them to get some minutes today. And, and certainly, you know, put food for thought for the manager's head. And progress in the trophy means that there's only two league games in February for the O's. And that's got to be good when you look at other players that are just weeks away from returning. Yeah, definitely. And I think also if you look at a lot of teams, Barnet drew today, I think they've got, God knows how many games in hand they've got. So we're ticking along nicely. I'm sure there'll be a period where a few games are called off. But at the minute we're sort of... On, on sort of cue for getting the games when they should be there. We might, you know, the trophy run might obviously bring a few Tuesday nights now. Uh, but if you said to the fans, if in an ideal world we get promotion and everyone, everyone's fit and they get a day out at the trophy at Wembley as well, that would be fantastic. The evidence of today's game, there's real competition for that right back berth because uh, Miles Jett had a decent game, didn't he? Yeah, no, he'd he done all right. I think obviously Sam's been doing well, and uh, I know Jamie Turley can play there. So we've got a bit of uh, strength in depth in that in that back line now. And obviously the, the Shadrach Ogi saga's finished, and he's come out and played, and a bit nervy at times, but you can expect that from a, a lad who hasn't sort of kicked a ball in anger in a competitive fixture for a while. So it's nice for him to come on and get a feel of it as well. Is that because Sweeney was injured? Because he had a decent first half? Yeah, no, he done well. Uh, he got a bad knock on his knee, I think, Jaden. At half-time he felt it, tried to get through it. thought it was only fair on the lad to uh, not go through the pain barrier too much. Dean Bill, though, it was his save in stoppage time that means we're not going to the northeast on Tuesday. Yeah, I was, <laughs> getting, me, I, I was getting me pillow ready as that ball went across the box. I thought, oh, no, don't do that to us. But uh, 
Uh, yeah, no, it, it, he's done well all season. Um, but to be fair to the lad, he, he's hit it on target and he, he's, he's made a point blank save and a very good save. But I thought we defended the box quite well throughout. But when you need Brillo, he, uh, he usually comes comes to the rescue. Sam Sargent didn't feature on Tuesday night in the London Senior Cup. Yeah, no, he had a sore back. He had a sore back. Sam being Sam, he wanted to play through the pain. Uh, but you know, all due respect to, the, to the, that comp- competition, is you don't really want to get your number two injured even more if it's got a bad back when you've got sort of trophy and even importantly the league games coming up. And looking ahead now to Hartlepool, use of any other injuries for that one? No, no, not the minute. Touchwood, as always, like lads sometimes sort of get home and wake up with knocks they didn't know were there, but fingers crossed we're all okay. Good luck. Thanks very much. Cheers, Dave. Dave Victor talking to Danny Webb, and a massive thank you to Dave as always for sending over his post match interview. And good to hear Danny Webb's lovely voice back on the podcast. So well done to Dave, well done to Danny. I think Danny really sounds like Justin when he's talking post-match you can really see the similarities between the two which is why they probably work so well together yeah. like, I imagine that could have, Justin could have been saying that and you'd be thinking that's, that's Justin all over Yeah. Um, so thank you to that Mr Lee your views on yesterday's match yeah I mean good to get a win although the scoreline is far from convincing uh, in my view I think our reserve team should be more than a match for the teams that we're, we're playing and that covers last week, uh, last Tuesday's game as well lots of plaudits for new signing Jamie Turley and rightly so I think what a signing he's actually going to turn out to be uh, just question mark is when is Halaby going to score? Mate, I'd love to tell you. Well, hopefully he'll do an Oli Palmer and not score for ages and score two away to Hartlepool. Like <laughs> Oli done two years ago. Imagine. All we can do is hope uh, that takes place. Imagine. So for me, it doesn't matter how you win cup games, just as long as you win them. And we've won it and we're through to the quarterfinals of competition that realistically we can win. Only three games away now. So all our weekend team, no complaints with the lineup and what was a strong enough starting eleven. I think definitely on paper. Sounds like another slow start, but we should have gone in at the break a goal up and if Alibi scores his header, you're probably looking at a 2-0 or 3-0 um, in that one. But against stronger teams, though, we could be left to rove uh, those chances. Mm. Uh, Brill's made a good save, though, to keep it goalless. And just when you think it's going to replay, up pops Jamie Turley. He was already turning into a bit of a fan favourite. And I think when Marvin's back and when Josh is back, there's big... Big headaches there. Big headache there. I can see Turley going right back. I remember, like I said, Cuthbert sent it back, going right back a couple of seasons ago and fitting in well, gives you another option. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think that he'll be like what we had with Josh and George Ellicobi. You reckon? And Dan Habit. I think there'll be a competition for a carousel for players because I think you've got Ling and Judd right Yeah, there. we'll get headaches, have headaches um, that we want Orient to have and hopefully, you know, you've got Sweeney now and Odrak and Shadrach, sorry, who can hopefully push Joe. So Left all back, those defences... Exactly. And if not, then they'll stay, they'll stay in the under-23s or in, in the, whatever yeah. the academy setup is going to be. Yeah. But I think that you'll find that, I mean, Josh is out of contract at the end of the season, so... Jamie. Josh Coulson. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and Jamie, yes, obviously All as playing. well. So Big choices to make. Big wide open window there. Big choices to make. Doesn't yeah. sound like many players done well yesterday. Yeah. But, you know, you've got to look at Brill, who's done very well, kept his 17th clean sheet of the season. Happy's done well again. Turley's done very well, but looks a bit Sweeney and Shabani. And Satoru... Can't have been all bad. Mm-hmm. Good to see them. So well done to all the fans who went. Obviously really cold. The cup game, not very appetising. Yeah. Blast Spartans fans, well done. Hope they have a good season. Most importantly, the double is still on. Yes. See you at Wembley. Although yeah. last year I was convinced we were going to win it. I have not had that feeling yet. Okay, good. Which might be a good sign. Yeah, so we'll I, think see. It, I think it will be. We'll see. So those are our views. In your views, so there's always a huge amount of feedback into our and our look after the match. 
And just because we read the tweets out doesn't mean we agree with them. So at Paul underscore Stokes 39 said, I'd say that one of Coulson and Ekpeteta is going to struggle to get back into the team. I think Happy will get dropped for one, but I don't see how Turley can lose his place. Yeah, Ted Talks Orient said, that's a great name. I watched the match being streamed. I could feel the tension and thought Blythe were unlucky. We just about did the minimum to get through. The youngsters impressed though. Good Steve, tweet. Yeah, really good tweet. Steve White, LOFC. Says if Bond has to play with Howard or Alibi for the next few weeks, God help us. <laughs> wow. John W999 says, Surely Satoru has to move ahead of Alibi in the pecking order. Did more in a few minutes than Alibi in 70. Poor performance and very lucky not to be making a very long trip for a replay. Yeah, Paul underscore LT2P says, A job done but not pretty. Really concerned with the lack of forward cover. Route 1 football just doesn't work for us. But a win is a win. Yep, the menace 1881 said, well, that's an hour and a half I won't ever get back. I just hope Justin got more out of watching that than the frozen fingers I got. To be fair, though, on a league game day and with everyone fit, only one player, Brill, would be in our starting eleven. Fair point. Ben D. Bollard said, risky team selection and poor from Justin, not even putting the big hitters on the bench. With a Wembley final and silverware up for grabs, we have to go for it. We just about got away with it today. It's no surprise, Blythe ran us so Do close. we have to go for it though? The league is our number one priority. Getting out the foot, getting back into the football league is our number I one. I guess priority. as you get closer to glory, yeah, it becomes interesting. It'd be interesting who we get uh, yeah. in the draw. I think if we get a team below us again, we might end up seeing a reserve team. But interesting to see if we get like a Salford or a big team in the next round. If Justin puts out a small, like a, a weakened team, or if he goes right, I feel we have to go for it here. Be interesting to see. But only. Justin can answer those questions. We'll see what happens. Vince Howard, 73, said, Far from a convincing performance, Brophy disappeared in the second half, and from what I've seen, JMD is not a winger. Alibi nor Harold will score goals when they constantly have their backs to goal. OG impressed, as did Royal. Again, officials were poor. Yeah, so Brophy not... Well, saying Brophy disappeared in the second half. Strange for Brophy. He does have periods where he does hide a little bit. Not hide, but he goes a bit quiet. It's had a bit of a quiet season, to be fair to Brophy. Mm. I thought he was going to smash it. He was on such good form at the end of the last season. This season, he's done all right, but doesn't seem to recapture that form where he was running at players and really driving the team yeah. forward. Yeah. At Dave M, 1812, says about the only good thing was the result. Turley deserved his goal. No one really pushed for a league place. Keep hoping for Alibi to make me change my mind about him, but his performance didn't. Live will understandably feel aggrieved. Yeah, uh, CM Oriental said, we've got away with that one today. Good to see Turley show how to score a goal. We move on, but looking at other players who had an opportunity to put down a marker, just didn't. That said, we looked so lightweight and bundled off that ball so easily. It's a worry for J.E. to solve. Well, record blew out. There's never any urgency in the performance. Far too static and was a very poor game. Performance was okay, first half, and poor in the second half. It's easy to forget we're talking about a winner here. I know. These tweets make it feel like we're talking about the thing. We actually won the game 1 yeah. 0. It's just a disappointment. <laughs> you know, yeah. If there is ever such a thing as a disappointing win, I think this is it. Fan expectation. It's like, like when you expect a Tonka team and you just scrape a 1 0 win. Because they had chances. Yeah. That's not necessarily. You know, Alibi had that chance in the first half where he missed the header. They also had the chance when the ball went across the goal. We, we, in re- it wasn't for the fact that Brewer's great cat like reflexes. We'll be talking about a replay on Tuesday yeah, night. I agree. Agree, yeah. That's the problem that we've got here. Um, Darren Ross. Darren Ross, 1964, said, second string aren't good enough, uh, although the youngsters are promising. 
Gorman, Lawless, Allaby, all poor. Brophy also had a disappointing game. We desperately need a new striker. Any more injuries and we won't get over the line. Orient Meat Pie comes up with a suggestion. Says, can we clone Turley? Oh. And also play him up front instead of Harold and Allaby? <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> At Sue underscore Manx said, lucky goals are not the norm for us, but today was our turn. All credit to Blythe. They were strong and came with a desire to win. Something we didn't have. They got stuck in and constant and consistently won the ball. Poor performance from us all round. I actually have to say that maybe I'm doing Blythe a bit of a disservice here because they've come, it's their cup final. Yeah, of course. And they've come with 250 fans and, and who are making a lot yeah, of noise. Agree. They're going to say, look, there's nothing for us to lose here. We Just win, we're heroes. Yeah. If we don't, then that was to be expected. So it's kind of all pressure on us and none on them. Nothing to lose. Fair play to them. Yeah, Alan Gollidge says, dominated the game but failed to make any real chances until Jamie's goal. Excellent performances from Sweeney and Ogie and our future looks in safe hands with these two. Totally unhappy, we're immense at the back. However, we looked weak up front, but we are through to the next round. Yeah, Orient Fan TV said, got the win in the end. It wasn't a good performance today, but another clean sheet and a win can only give the squad confidence going into the upcoming league games. Credit to Blythe, who came and played a lot better than other teams we've played at home. Turley, man of the match. Good choice, that. And Neil Sanson says, quite simply, job done. Clean sheet, game time for those needing it, rest for those who didn't, and no injuries. A good day's work, I'd say. At Eastside Orient said, yes, it wasn't pretty, but it was an important win as Fylde will now have to make the long trip down on a Tuesday night when we hopefully will have some players back from injury. Also, remember, if everyone was fit, only Brill would be starting 11, so not bad after all. And yeah, obviously, we're still talking about a win here. Mm-hmm. Let's not take anything Absolutely. away. You'll win with a dirty goal, win with a cracking goal, whatever. You know we're what? into the next round. That I'd, is the most important thing. I'd, I'd rather win 1-0 on a pop performance than lose 2-1 with the team playing exceptional. It's all about the result at the end of the day. Yeah. So, and final word this week? Goes to our good friend Chris Kane, who obviously, like we've mentioned, took over the Orient Out Podcast Twitter account. So here's what Chris had to say on yesterday's game. So I think yesterday's game was a bit of a different situation for the O's. Um, you make eight changes and and your style of play is going to be completely different because the players that you got are not at the level that your first team are. So you, when you're missing Maka and Joby, it's going to be completely different. And also the opponents did a very good job of breaking us down and they were willing, although they did tire towards the end. Um, as soon as they conceded, they managed to find that bit of energy to put us under pressure. Uh, the win, obviously, is the most important thing to progress in the trophy. And I think you'll find that as we go further in, we're going to play the likes of Joby and, and Macaulay Bond a little bit more. Um, no real standout players, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Turley and, and Happy did really well to, to nullify uh, Blythe for most of the game. And Lawless did did put in a shift and, and Gorman played one of the best games he's played for us um, but as I said that in a in a competition like this when you're going to play against lower opposition there's going to be more fight and, and it's going to be scrappier uh, Terry took the goal well good header um, but in a competition like this it's just a you've, you've got to, you've got to win try and avoid the replay especially against teams like Blythe where uh, one of the fir- like one of the furthest north teams that you could have played against in this round. Um, overall, I think over the summer there's going to be a bit of a change. Some of the players clearly aren't good enough. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but most supporters would have a 
would have an idea and you you yourselves have obviously read feedback of certain players' performances. Uh, Shadrach Ogi and, and Jaden Sweeney did a put in a very good shift. Uh, they 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 both grew into it, they, they looked composed. And Rules Turia when he came on he, he he caused them problems that Alabi and Harold weren't because he's smaller, he's got a bit more pace. Um, looking forward to seeing who we get in the next round. Uh, hopefully another home tie and hopefully open up the rest of the grounds as well because the uh, atmosphere is a bit flat, which might have caused, I don't know, might have caused some sloppiness in the players' performance, but maybe the sloppiness in the players' performance didn't really give the fans anything to shout about. Uh, see you next Saturday, guys. Chris, thank you very much indeed, mate. Well done for uh, for taking over the Twitter account. It's not an easy thing to tweet during a live game while you're watching what's going on. So kudos to you, mate. Well done. We'll see you very, very soon. So good to hear a voice memo. And you can still send yours. We used to do something called Express Yourself. So you can send voice messages on email. So sometimes when 140 characters doesn't get what you want to say over the line, you can email us or in Outlook at outlook.com. Give us your voice memos if you want to put a bit more meat to the bone, if your opinion isn't being transferred over. But thanks to everyone, obviously, who always you know, tweet us after matches. Those are all tweets, obviously, that came into at Orient Outlook. Let us know your views uh, on Facebook, Orient Outlook Podcast, Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast, on Twitter, Orient Outlook. Uh, on email, like we said, Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. Yeah, so that's um, all of Saturday done, uh, other than the Prediction League. Uh, so well done to Only One Orient and Jamie PD, LOFC, as well as Elvis Memphis, who correctly predicted 1-0 to the Orient. So you all get three points. That means top of the Prediction League uh, is as follows. Barry Twins at top with 28 points. Mark Shepard underscore 79 is second on 26 just behind him is Pills the Doman on 25 points. And just behind him is Ian, Manny, Rennie, John on 24 points. So thanks and a big thank you to everybody who sends their predictions in. We launched that at midday on a Saturday or a couple of hours before match day if it's midweek. So thank you very much to everyone. Yeah, Sunday the 3rd of February. There was no ladies action, but they are back in action on Wednesday night where they travel to Enfield Town Ladies in the Isthmian Cup semi-finals, so the 8pm kickoff for this one. And as always, thanks to Sam for his update. Good luck to the ladies uh, on Wednesday night. If they win that, then they'll be through to the Isthmian Cup final. I think yeah. so good luck to ladies. Absolutely. Um, good spot by you, this. Foundation coach, uh, phase lead co- sorry, foundation phase lead, lead coach Liam Bloy took to Twitter to say, time to move on to a new challenge. Thank you to Leighton Orient and all the staff who I've worked with in the past five seasons. Yeah, he went on to say five seasons at the Leighton Orient Academy and it will be sad to say goodbye to the staff, players and parents who have been so supportive. A big thank you to Richard Thomas who first gave me the opportunity to join the club and for all his invaluable advice along the way. Likewise, a special mention to Omar Risa, Federico Murray and all the other coaches who have played such a huge part in creating a successful youth programme for the O's. Thanks to Martin Ling for allowing me to continue that journey, along with some wonderful staff such as Steve Holmes, James Nicholas, Peter Gill, and other support staff who work extremely hard behind the scenes. Yeah, fair play. Fair play. Good spot uh, by you. Now, we had a, a question coming from Les LK52 who said, Shall we try and nick some of the Ebbsfleet players in view of their problems? I'd have Adams and Whiteley all day long. 
I know Adams is controversial though, and I think this has come out because there was a report out, I think from the Kent Observer or something like that, a local paper about how the players aren't being paid on time and all the problems that they've experienced yeah. there, which is obviously very well documented. So let's start first off then, Ebu Adams, yes or no? On a, on a pure footballing basis, absolutely. Uh, I don't think it will ever happen. It's the whole package, isn't it? So yes, I think everyone would agree on a footballing basis, he would. Can't see the him. way he left us. Bridges burned. I think you're right. Bridges burned. Corey Whiteley. Not seen him play, but I can't remember him playing it against us. Good reputation. Good scoring level for national league level. Could he do it at League Two? I don't know. Could he link up well with Bond? I don't know. Based on his goal ratio to appearance level, he's better than our second choice forwards. So yeah, absolutely. I guess it depends on how much money it would cost to get him out of the club. One player who Les didn't list, who I think might be worth looking at if he's available, was their keeper Ashmore, who seemed to have the game of his life against us and came up with about four amazing mm. saves. Um, you? Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. I, I know that there was interest in Corey Whiteley from the club, but it's gone cold. Uh, why, I don't know. I don't know what's happened there. Um, but I feel sorry for Ebsfleet. I feel sorry for that club that have have got this guy, this wealthy guy, it's his play thing, it's not worked out how he wanted it to, I'm sure he wanted to be up further up the league by now. They're still doing right. they're still near the playoffs, I oh, mean, no. and they're still signing players, so I don't know what the problem is paying wages, because they're still... Everyone's always late. They're still signing, like, they obviously appointed, they sacked, what's his name, Adele McMahon, they appointed John Steele, but then John Steele brings in three players, no. so it's not like he's working with no one, but he's working with pretty, a good crop there, no, so I don't know what's going got, on there. Um, Gary Hill and Ian Hendon. Oh right, of course he has, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah. But still, but still, interesting times. If you have any questions that you want to send to us to discuss on the podcast following Les's lead, obviously get in contact. We would Absolutely. love to take your questions. So let's round this bad boy up then. Almost yeah. over the hour mark, Fantasy Football Update. James Petrell leads the Orient Outlook Podcast Fantasy Football League on 1,513 points. He's five points clear of Sam Massingham. I have had a massive week this yeah, week. Not so much I have me. moved up to 21st place. Paul was in 53rd place place out of 195 players but take note that today's games are yet to be added to the points totals and we have another game tomorrow as Liverpool travel to West Ham I'm not a fan of both clubs then, but I hope Liverpool absolutely spank them for my fantasy team and then there's Everton Man City on yeah. Wednesday as part of this game week as well uh, and we've got a little uh, forfeit uh, haven't we, we have. arranged so uh, not that anyone's going to see this so you'll no, just have to take no, it no 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 one of us surely a picture has to go out. So we have agreed on out the podcast towers that whoever finishes lower than the other co-host will have to do the following podcast or the following episode as long as there's no special guests. As long as there's no special guests. I would say in their pants. So the podcast in your pants for the loser in fantasy football league. Make it a bit interesting. One to keep an eye on. There may be, there's going to have to be some kind of evidence to show Obviously not a pants shot, but maybe a above the chest shot. So to make it more interesting for us and you guys who we talk about every week and interesting there. So yeah, podcast in your pants. So Dream Team <laughs> update then. I rock and back leads the Orient Outlook podcast Dream Team. He's on 1,503 points, 10 points ahead of Jay Lillington, who's uh, now in second place. I've had a bit of a good week this week and I've climbed up to 24th. I'm just five points ahead of you, but as you mentioned, you've got a couple of Liverpool players to play as well. 
Uh, and I think the Wolves are in the cup as well. There's a cup oh, game possibly. Uh, as well. Possibly, uh, yeah. I saw. Um, so that all counts. So you're in 26 out of 112 players. So, yeah, yeah still a long way to go. Marathon, not a sprint, Absolutely. as they say. Absolutely. So positives and negatives of the week. So you, want to do, you can do positives because I always right. do positives. Go on. All right, positives this week. We're in the next round of the FA Trophy. Most important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fringe players and the youngsters getting more valuable minutes. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, that one, but we, we put it in because it's true. Yeah. And another clean sheet for Dean Brill. He's 17th of the season, according to the club. Dean all. Yeah, very good. Work, 17 yeah. out of 35. Yep, yeah, so... To balance it out, we do have negatives as well. First negative is should we be beating teams more convincingly? Like the prediction league update, it was all like 3 0, 4 0, 4 1, 5 1. We ended up beating 1 0. So, not a bad thing that we're winning, but should we be beating teams, especially lower in our cup competition more convincingly? The second one is Alibi and Harold not scoring. Time for your second choice forwards to really step up when yeah. you need them so far not been able to do so mm-hmm. and lastly even though they're making good progress injuries still lots of first teamers on that injury list Ekpeteta Coulson Karoma anymore? No that's it Just Dayton Ah, oh, James Dayton yeah. so hopefully sooner rather than later but you know for balance we throw one of those in yeah absolutely so hero of the week so we threw it out to Twitter Chris uh, Kane, who had our Twitter uh, account uh, for did. the afternoon, ran a Twitter poll for Hero of the Week, and after 319 votes in just 15 hours, the results were as follows. Chris, basic of the podcast, your Twitter polls have to last for 24 hours to give people time, but we'll allow that one. Well, he's got a decent amount in he's 15 hours, right, yeah, so well yeah. Done, so, well done. Uh, <laughs> in third place was Dan Happy, second place was Jordan Maguire-Drew, and in first place, it will not come as any surprise yeah, to anyone, uh, Jamie Turley. So well done uh, to Mr. Turley. And thank you to everybody who took the time out to vote. Yeah, so next week's fixtures then. So it's back to National League action for the O's on Saturday, the 9th of February, as we make the long journey to Hartlepool, with, I would say, pretty much most O's fans making the trip for free, courtesy of shirt sponsors Dream Team. So well done to Dream Team for making this happen. Hartlepool, 15th in the National League. They're a way tie. Yeah, yesterday against Ebsfleet was postponed due to the weather, um, so they'll be a bit fresh as well, as most of all our team. Were they not playing not midweek? Played. No, there was okay. a league game, wasn't a cup game. Uh, earlier in the season, we played out a 0-0 draw, if you remember, against Hartlepool. Tough opposition, difficult tie, likely to be. Yeah, I, I, you don't know how to, to read it, because they seem to be going through a bit of a funny phase. Richard Money, who was their manager, then moved upstairs, and now he's out the door. It's just all a bit sort of circus-like, so could be a bit of instability. So actually, on the flip side of that, it might not be a bad time to be playing. Yeah, I hope so, hope um, so. So if you go, interesting. have a safe journey. Uh, don't forget to tweet us before, during or after the match. And a bit of an exclusive, because we haven't seen this announced anywhere else yet, as it stands at 21.56 on a Sunday evening. Yep. But we can confirm that the club will be live streaming the match. As um, was let slip last week by Nigel. Yeah, so Nigel kind of hinted it would happen. It's definitely happening. The club will put out uh, more communication, obviously, during the week. But we believe it'll be 6 international viewers only, be able to watch that match. Hartlepool. So if you're not going courtesy through Dream Team, you can watch it live on the stream. And what a time to be an Orient foreign so much supporter you watch yeah. you know getting to watch more games potentially than people who live around the corner <laughs> amazing I, I might emigrate to might, might as well go to what France or somewhere yeah, yeah. here for the yeah, weekend just go yeah. to Calais for the day but again credit Hartlepool for, to making that happen credit to National League for making that happen and credit to 
the club and Nigel and Dave for, for leading the way with that. We still need to get Dave Travis back on the podcast very soon yes. to talk about stuff like that. Absolutely. So, FA Trophy quarter-final draw is taking place on, at 12.15 on Monday. So this is tomorrow as we record it now. It's going to be on TalkSport 2 and we have been drawn as ball number, or we've allocated ball number 5. So that's TalkSport 2 tomorrow from 12.15. Ball number 5 is what you're listening out for. Yeah, so, so that's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us for episode 170 coming in at 1 hour 3 minutes as it stands. So it's been a busy week at the O's with the news confirmed that Josh Cromer will be out for three to four weeks with the injury sustained last week home to Maidstone and later on in the week it was confirmed that George A. Kobe has left the club after 28 games and an injury played year and a half later on. But on the pitch the treble is off. It's not happening after Tuesday's away to defeat Torellian. However, the double is very much alive after yes. the O's scraped through to the quarterfinals of the FA Trophy after a one win against Blythe Spartans thanks to a Jamie Turley header with the possibility of a trip to Wembley just free Games or games. Come on! So this week sees the return of the National League action as we make the long journey, as we just mentioned, to Hartlepool. Just 15 games left. That's just one third of the season I can't now. believe it. As we look to return to the Football League. As we've said before, if you're lucky enough to be going, enjoy the day. Make as much noise as possible and sing for Justin, Ross, Danny and the boys and sing them on to three points. We'll be back next week with episode number 171 with all the information, all the views, all the reviews that you could ever need. Yeah, if you listen on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a review. We got three iTunes reviews last week. Lovely. Thank so you very much very, indeed. Thank you very much to El Coado um, and a few others who left a review. You know, if you listen on iTunes now, as soon as you get to the end of the podcast, it will take you two seconds. Give your honest assessment but blatantly five stars um, and a nice comment you know let us know what you're doing with that and if you're listening on SoundCloud tune in Stitcher add us to your favourites that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as they're uploaded Mr Levy asked you how you were listening to the podcast on Samsung and Android apps this huge majority on non-Apple podcasts say Podcast Republic is the way to go so if you're listening uh, not on Podcast Republic and having problems with SoundCloud or Spotify on an Android or Samsung Download Podcast Republic and get listening. Uh, or let us know what you're listening to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what app you use. We'd love to help others uh, with that as well. Yeah, Spotify, also very good. Google Alexa, Amazon Echoes, any way you want it, that's the way you need it. You can listen to the <laughs> podcast any way. That. Remember, to pass the pod. Yeah, pass on the pod. Tell someone else. Yeah, your mugs, still have them, still here. We're still going to mention it. So like the reviews. If you listen every week and you want a lovely mug, high quality, only a fiver you can pick up from us on any match day. So if you want one, give us a DM or an email. We'll be happy to hand them over. And that's it. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.